What is the state of this Texas A&M football program heading into the last game of this 2022 lost season against LSU? All that and more on this episode of the Locked On Aggies podcast. You are Locked On Aggies, your daily podcast on the Texas A&M Aggies. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Locked On Aggies podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am your host, Joey Ikes. Thanks so much for making Locked On Aggies your first listen. We are free and available wherever you get your podcast and on YouTube. So go check us out there at Locked On Aggies as well. This episode is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. That's linkedin.com slash college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. I'm joined again today by my good buddy, Cameron Honesty of Aggies Wire. Cameron, we are here to sort of take a snapshot of what the state of this A&M football program looks like right now. They're coming off of their 20 to three, like frozen rainstorm, <laughs> sloppy, re- sloppy relay <laughs> race of a football game against yeah. UMass on Saturday. Um, and heading into the final game of the year against LSU uh, on rivalry weekend. Mm-hmm. And we know that, or we have a very strong belief that, Coming out of that LSU game, there's going to be a lot of changes happening with this A&M program um, pretty rapidly. Um, And we'll probably get into that as we go through the show. So we wanted to sort of take a step back instead of focusing on what happened against UMass and all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. um, We wanted to sort of take a step back and talk about where is this program right now and where do we feel like they go from here? So Cameron, coming off of, you know, they're four and seven. Like it's it it's we we've talked about how this is yeah. a lost season. Yeah. What's sort of your biggest takeaway? It can be positive or negative from this season so far. That's gonna really <laughs> that their um, their approach to the off season is gonna tell you a lot about the way they think about this program. Yeah, I mean it's it's a mixture of a couple things. Obviously, the first is offensive play calling. How how bad it was, how bad it, you know, how bad it went throughout the first half and then kind of carried over the second. And everybody looks at Jimbo Fisher as one of the better play callers that we've seen the last decade or so. And we talked about, I actually mentioned it in one of the articles I wrote today about the 2013 Florida state offense. I believe it's still to this day, the highest scoring offense in a season in FBS history that he was calling the plays for every season since he became head coach, since I think since he started coaching at Florida State as an offensive coordinator, carried over to every year as head coach at Texas A&M, and how far he's fallen in that aspect. And granted, offenses have progressed. You know, they've spread out more. It's more about the athlete than it is about the uh, scheme and everything else, how you use these special guys you get in your program. And, you know, from big heads in media who have said it's ego to us here who have said it's ego, that it's a guy who's had success, who has, 
you know, won a title, one of, I don't know, you can kind of correct me. It's like one of four active head coaches that I think it's, I think it's five because Urban Meyer is not active anymore, but Kirby yes. Smart has yeah, won Urban a national Meyer. title now. So. <laughs> so he's on one of those selective lists. And so when you look at yourself and think that way, which look, I don't, I'll know, I don't, think I'll ever know what that feels like to be on a list like that. So I can't, I can't be in his shoes and think, well, I wouldn't be that way, but you know, he's hurting this program right now just by the fact that he's not stepping aside. And so I can, I can kind of relay that and combine that with the special player he has on offense that he just found out how special he is when he started him against Ole Miss is Connor Wiegman, who I have felt better throughout the week and you know we're on we're in game week right now so we're all writing about LSU and and everything coming up to that game and we're not all focusing on the offseason just yet but he is one of those players who I am so excited for and I'm very very excited for the combination of guys like Moose Muhammad guys like Evan Stewart who are young Moose is only a sophomore Evan Stewart obviously a freshman these are two wide uh, Noah Thomas I can throw in there who's played a little bit more uh, also a freshman, he had Donovan Green. I'm sorry, I didn't get to my point, but there are so many weapons around him too that are young, that are talented, that are just going to get better and better. And I look at all those guys, and specifically Weigman, and I think, okay, you get the right guy calling plays, setting up, you know, you utilizing the talent around you and helping you. And I'm not saying really a quarterback coach. I believe that look. For all the flag Jimbo Fisher gets, I think he still does a good job with trying to mold these guys. Look, Kellen Mond, you know, very up and down quarterback throughout his career at AM. He had to change systems pretty quickly. I think he still credits Jimbo Fisher with helping him through that. I'm not taking that away from Jimbo. I think Wiegman and him have a good relationship. I think every quarterback that's been there, even Zach Calzada, who we felt he kind of left on poor terms, still says he's had a good relationship with Jimbo Fisher. So that aspect of the offense, I don't think needs to go away as much. But yes, it's play calling. It's everything around how this offense scores points with the talent they have. And Jason, I think Billy Leach of Texas made a great point this week. We both heard him talking about South Carolina and what they did to Tennessee. South Carolina does not have the talent that AM has, not even close. And they put up, what, 63 points against a team we thought was going to possibly win a title this year. And we're not saying Tennessee had some lights-out defense. But that is unbelievable that that is happening and that we can't even get 29 points in one other game. What is it, 31, 28 was the uh, uh, high-scoring outputs in in the season opener and against Ole Miss. And granted, one of them was with Connor Wiegman. One of them was was against Sam Houston State, and Haynes King had a – rare good day so i mean it's i'm watching that game joey and i'm just thinking to myself i'm, I'm sitting there actually writing about AM, watching that game and going how is this possible how is this happening and we're sitting here talking about you know well it's jimbo fisher and his history and all this and you go from that year in florida state to where you're scoring 50 a game it seemed like and you can't even muster 25 sometimes and it just it's mind-boggling, and they know they have to make a change. We know they're going to make a change by now. And so really, yeah, I, I'm never I'm not even gonna mention defense at all from the outlook because I think they're just gonna get better. I think that DJ Durkin actually as of late has done a pretty decent job with the guys he's had to play. He's had to use a lot of the young guys and the rotations and starting. I mean, we there's been a ton of injuries, over 30 plus on this roster and on the starting unit this season. 
And look, attrition is a thing. I know we can't blame it. We don't want to blame attrition because they've just been bad this season. But on defense, yeah, these guys, no matter how much good experience they're getting, which is which is fantastic, because, I mean, if, if a bulk of these freshmen stay and come into 2023 with all, I mean, the resume they have and just the just the stat lines and the SEC experience, really, I mean, they're going to be ready no matter what. And so I'm not worried about that side. I think Durkin's doing a decent job. I think it's all offense. It's all offense. Changes need to be made. And I think a lot more than we think are going to be made. Some we might love someone you might not like but look the head man is staying and he has to be held accountable which he is but to the point where you know someone needs to tell him you are destroying this program and you will be the guy in the in front of it like they're gonna blame you they're not gonna blame an assistant coach or somebody they're blaming you and that's gonna be a stain on your resume your coaching resume forever i mean you can go to west virginia to ride off in the sunset and coach in the big 12 but guess what they're always going to remember that so fix it you know how to do it you have the resources and there are plenty of names we wrote articles about it every other outlet is wrote articles about the guys that are out there that would love to come to texas a&m and coach up a connor weegman led offense i mean so that's all i got (laughs) there you go so uh, we you talked a lot about a really important hire that Jimbo Fisher is getting ready to make as an offensive coordinator. And there are widespread reports that that is something that is going to happen going into the next season. And just like the offensive coordinator hire for Texas A&M right now for your small business, it feels like every new potential hire can feel like a high stakes wager for your small business. You've got to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. Go to LinkedIn Jobs. Create your free job post. It's extremely easy to do, extremely user-friendly. Then add your job and the purple hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. That's linkedin.com slash college. Terms and conditions apply. Cameron, before we get into the second segment and our, the rest of our takeaways, for this season. Now that guys, we found Locked On Aggies and you're, and you're listening to Locked On Aggies regularly, we thank you for that. Make sure you also go check out Locked On Sports today. From the games that matter the most to the biggest stories in sports, go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts and insights that only Locked On can provide. Locked On Sports today, available on this app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcast. And Connor, not Connor. We're talking about Connor Wigman. Cameron. <laughs> Too much Connor, yeah. <laughs> yeah, lots, lots, of, lots of Connor on our brains yeah. and on our minds right now. Um, but the the thing for me that stands out is, and it it was extreme. It became you know crystallized. We talked about the the chaos that appears on the sidelines with Jimbo Fisher and his spiral <laughs> notebook and his, and his mat, all that. Oh, we talked God. about all that last yeah. week. Um, then you take that and you contrast that 
with what TCU was able to pull off at the end of their game against Baylor. Oh, God. Um, yeah. and, the, and, like, just the absolute pristine level of execution that they were able to run a running play <laughs> with no timeouts yep. and, like, 12 seconds on the clock or something and like just- that. Light lineup perfectly and, on special and they kicked the field goal with five seconds left. <laughs> like the clock didn't expire as the ball yeah. was snapped. The clock expired as the ball went through the upright. <laughs> like know, it's that the the pos- there's zero yeah. chance on at all that a Jimbo Fisher. First of all, part of that is they don't have a special teams coach. Oh yeah, so that's know, a that's a, a whole conversation. I don't, that, I don't know if a lot of people even know that. Yeah, so to be honest. so A yeah. and M does not have a designated full time special teams coach. They consider a special teams part of the defense, is the way that I understand it. And so it falls on the defensive coaches. They do have an analyst that's not a full time coach, but is an analyst who has special teams experience and does a lot with the special teams, but yeah. his hours and time on the field with the team is very limited because of his role and his title. Yep. So, and, and not only that, like there's just zero chance that this team no. gets lined up for two separate <laughs> plays, but in like 17 seconds or something like no. it just would not, could not happen. Like no. there's just zero chance that, that that play gets yeah. executed. And to me, it just like and then you saw Sonny Dykes in the interview after the game and he was just like as cool as could be about it he was completely I mean he's proud of his team and everything that they pulled off the comeback and that they won and you know they're probably going to the college football playoff it's a huge thing for them but like you see just how calm and cool he's like I never doubted it for a second like it's like we practice this every single week we knew exactly how to do it. We knew that they would come out. Like how like it's so it takes one guy lining up six inches further back than he's supposed to line up and you get an illegal formation penalty or one guy just getting a little anxious that the clock's going to run out and moving a little bit soon or the long snapper getting a little bit anxious and snapping it before the holder's ready. The whole thing gets blown up by one guy making one little mistake in a 12 to 15 second period of time. And they were able to execute that literally flawlessly, like absolutely perfectly. And to bring that back to A&M, there's just, there's no way that that happens. There's no way and to me, that is really the clarifying point of at this point in college football, I really think you need a CEO head coach. Like yep. the, the, even like I even think the best way to run an NFL program or an, an NFL team is to have an offensive play caller as your head coach. Sure. But at the college level, because of the recruiting aspect and all that goes into that and the fact that you're really re- especially with the open transfer portal you're recruiting your entire roster every season and you're recruiting everybody else in the country because of the open transfer portal you know we're, obviously you're not tampering in that hopefully <laughs> I mean, a lot of people are but according to Jimbo well, and sure, it's not yeah. but you know according to Jimbo and it's not <laughs> yeah. right um Taking words, yep. Yeah, so, and then you're recruiting all of these four or five college high school recruiting classes all at the same time. Yeah. Like, it's become so big that it's just too much. There's no way 
for him to be involved in everything he needs to be involved in as the head coach and be involved enough to be a legitimate offensive coordinator play caller at this point. And seeing TCU execute that and seeing their CEO-type head coach have full faith and confidence in their ability to execute that because he's trusted he trusts his offensive coordinator they and then because he has the offensive coordinator and they're able to do all those installs they're able to work on the situational work that it's just really clear Anim's not getting that level of situational work to to have that stuff in place and so to me that was really sort of a, a clarifying point you know one of those yeah. like be, light, beams of light coming from the sky of like there's just so much about what this football team looks like on the field right now that doesn't match what these really really top echelon college teams look like right now part of yeah. that is youth yes but part of it is bigger than that and they've got a lot to fix in that area um and it starts with that offense coordinator hire, like you mentioned. Yeah, and I think I think both our points marry each other, honestly, because we talked. I talked about you know, I, I you know, agnosium of play calling. Well, when you are stubborn enough to where you just don't want to change your ways, that is the same thing as why you're not doing the things that other teams are doing. You can't tell me that Sonny Dykes didn't look at the rest of the FBS and the successful teams and what they did and study them. You can't tell me that. And when you just kind of sit in your bubble and think I'm better than them. So I don't care. I get the recruits, you know, I know what I'm doing. And then you fail like you did. Now, granted, he hasn't had a season like this since I I think one season at Florida state, honestly, before he left. So he doesn't experience epic failures much, but he's experiencing this year. So, I mean, it's completely on just not wanting to progress, not caring enough until it smacks you in the face. So we'll just see. We'll have to see if he reacts because you're right. I mean, watching that, I saw a professional. I mean, it was it was insane. It was fun to watch, and it was just it was cool. It was like it was like, man, this guy this guy has got a hold on this program. He right. they, and you know what? I don't care if they go to the the final four and get beat up by Georgia or whatever. They still did enough all season because of a hell of a coaching job and just efficiency on offense to get there. And AM has never gotten there. Except for right. one, one season, they almost got there. Okay. But and we can't we can't talk about that. But yeah. <laughs> so. and, and it's like it, it's stuff like that. It's it's little things in games that show where a program is. And I'll go to the NFL. We're both NFL fans. A lot of folks that listen to us are. A, a relatively similar situation happened. This past Sunday, you know, the Cowboys beat down the Minnesota Vikings 40 to three. Right. Mm -hmm. But going into the half, something like 30 seconds left. And a lot of people are like, hey, you're up, whatever, 17 to three at this point in time. (laughs) Kneel on the ball, run the ball two times, go into half 17 to three. Mm -hmm. And like it's perfectly legitimate. Don't take the risk. Don't give Minnesota the opportunity to make a big play. And and get back, go into half at 17-10 instead of 17-3. Sure. But instead of that, the Cowboys call a couple of plays, move down the field, and with absolute pristine, and you know that they work this because you know the broadcast has the big red field goal target line, right? Yeah. <laughs> and CeeDee Lamb runs a route past that line, turns back, goes to the sideline, and Dak throws the ball to him. Out of bounds, 
on a rope. The ball never traveled in bounds at all. Yeah. Jack's arm was out of bounds when he threw it, and CD was out of bounds when he caught yeah. it. And and they he caught the ball literally on the line of where the target where Fox had decided the target yeah. CBS had decided where the target was to get yep. into the field goal kicker's field goal range. Like yep. you don't do that unless you practice. Hey, when yeah. we need to get to field goal range, we need to get to the 43 yard line. Like that's yep. the line of scrimmage that we need to reach. Boom. Or, or, or where you practice, Hey, today we need the 40 today. We need the 43 today. We need the 38 and you mm-hmm. work that and you know, they work it because the same exact play happened in the 2016 playoffs when Mike McCarthy was with the Green Bay Packers, they did yep. the same thing with Jared Cook down the sideline. Yep. So you know, and Mike McCarthy gets a lot of flack for his head for what he is as a head coach. Yeah. Um, but you know that stuff like that comes from the head coach level because yeah. that's the type of coordination between areas of the team that you need to execute in those situations in those yeah. scenarios. And that's what Sonny Dykes gave to his team. That's what we see Nick Saban give to his team so often. That's what we see Kirby Smart and all of these other coaches give to their teams. They bring that to their team Monday through Friday and then again on Saturday game days. And until and unless A&M gets that from Jimbo Fisher, they will never reach that echelon of where they want to reach as a team, regardless of the talent that they get. And and the point you've made, and basically this has turned into a, hey, this team needs to hire an offensive coordinator and these are all the reasons why conversation. (laughs) But until and unless they make that decision and remove that piece of the pie from Jimbo Fisher, because personally, at least, I feel like he's got the capability to be that because so much of the program is in such such a good place. You know, Mm -hmm. recruiting for 2023 is tough because it's going to be tough when you're the number six ranked team in the country and everything falls apart. And you wind up four and seven going into your last game. Um, And the offense is, there's so many questions about the offense and all that, but so, but 2022 recruiting was what it was. It was the fifth consecutive top five class or something like that, that he's put together. So much of the program is in such a great place. If they can get this offensive thing figured out and let Jimbo be the, you know, the grand poobah and the CEO, yeah. they, they've got a chance to fix this thing. Yeah. And in, I mean, in a, in a the, big way quickly too. Yeah. And the bait and the other thing you, you're talking about how the state of the program, I think a lot of people, we, some of us follow these players on social media, just to the, some of these recruits, just to see how they're thinking, just to see what they're, they're, you know, where we can gauge their idea of what they think about Texas A&M. These guys, a lot of them are watching A&M lose, watching them lose six games in a row. And I see them tweeting things out like, Oh, don't worry. Next year's gonna be great. I can't wait to come. I can't wait to be there. I can't wait to contribute. Not all recruits do that. A lot of recruits yeah. see a losing program they committed to and flip because yeah. they just don't want to play in a losing program. There's something different about A and M, and that's what people need to get. There are changes that can be made immediately that that could bring 2023 back to the light, and they could end up having a really good season because they are going to have enough good players to compete next season. It's about what are you going to do internally? And we've talked about it, I mean, the entire podcast already. Anybody who's listening to this, you've gotten every single point you can get about this. And I'm telling you, man, it's it's not that hard. It's really not that hard. Is he going to make it hard? 
because he can do that. You know, we all know Jimbo Fisher. He can make it difficult. And he and and look, our job here is to tell you the truth and give you facts. He's not going to pull anything over our eyes and say, well, it's player development or this. Like I've talked about how bad the O-line is all season. That can be fixed too. Okay. That's coaching. That's that is a lot of injuries. And that can be fixed with transfer portal and getting experienced and maybe getting a new O-line coach. We don't know. But the, that's that's not some drastic thing that's going to seep into two years down the line. Everything else we talked about is, so you need to fix it now. Yep, absolutely. Absolutely. We're going to get into this game that's coming up against LSU. But first, we're going to talk about Bet Online. Bet Online is your number one source for sports betting information, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. From football to bas- basketball to soccer and esports, we've got it all at Bet Online. And if you love sports podcasts, and I know you do because you're listening to this one, you can find those at Bet Online as well. We're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fix. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet Online, where the game starts. And Cameron, we're going to look to our friends over at Bet Online to help us preview this AM against LSU game quickly. The, the, the point spread on the game, I don't think really should surprise anybody. Um, <laughs> LSU is a double digit favorite in this game, they're a 10 point favorite in this game, even though it's at Kyle Field. So, what that tells you is, is Vegas thinks LSU is probably about two touchdowns better than AM. and um, Yeah, sure. On a, I mean, on a neutral field, at least. Yeah. Um, d- tell me what you think about the spread. <laughs> is it is it too tight? <laughs> is it is it too is it too <laughs> wide? And, and how do you think it plays out on, on Saturday? Uh you know, I kind of saw I saw it this morning, and I kind of thought about. I mean, ten points is appropriate based on the ranking. I mean, I think they were just ranked fifth in the cultural playoff rankings this week. Uh, you know, to be honest, this team is good to me. They're they're not great. They're very good. I think I kind of put them in that very good echelon. Um, going into Kyle Field against this Texas A&M team. Now, see, this is where we might differ. Uh, it was the quotes after the game with some of the players that got me thinking, okay, you know, maybe this team just needed a win to make them feel a little better about this game because I think if they would have lost to UMass, I think we'd be talking about everybody in the program's fired today. But, I mean, <laughs> it's one of those things where they they just seemed very, very relieved, and they've already gotten to the mental point of, okay, we're not going to a ball game. Uh, I'm already, you know, making my plans for the winter and spring and all that. But we got one more game against a program we hate, and we would love to spoil. I loved uh, 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 Preston. Uh, his Jalen quote, Preston, yeah. uh, J- Jalen Preston's quote was, I'm going to piss in their cornflakes. I mean, I was laughing my butt off. I was like, I, hey, I didn't even know he knew that term. <laughs> I mean, that's saying, that's kind of an older saying. I was about but, to say, that's a, one of those I, old Southern sayings. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I mean, look, I, I believe him. I think that he's one of those guys who played really well in the game last season against LSU. And that was a, that was a bad LSU team. Granted, a and who was way better than them, still lost on the road. So this is a pure rivalry that – I don't think it really matters unless this was like a Joe Burrow 
LSU squad, who I think blew a and out like 49 to nothing or something, that's a different animal. That's if even he was at Kyle Field during that year where they won the title, I think he still would have beaten them down pretty bad because that, the, I mean, the talent difference was just that, that team yeah, was astronomical. Nuts. Bonkers, yeah. yeah. And so I don't know. Ten's appropriate because of the ranking. I think it's going to be. I think it's going to be a closer game, honestly. I just do. I think that they're going to come out inspired or about this week. I think the O-line, I heard from Layden Robinson as well, I think they're going to play a little better, especially in the interior. I think they they still had a crappy game against UMass, and that's I think that's gotten to their head, that a UMass D-line front that is undersized and you know not very talented was, was pushing them. Okay, that's not good. Okay, and that that's something that, you know, to their own future as football players, especially someone like Leland Robinson, who we had talked about preseason, that was a potential second round pick next year. I mean, yeah, I wouldn't want to watch that film. <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying this is this is the type of game for guys like that to put some good film on, to to play really well, to to you know, do it for the twelfth man. And so I look, I I'd like ten, I'd stay at ten. I think they're probably gonna increase about like a point or something. I bet it's gonna be like eleven and a half or something by the end of the week. But uh, look, I think ten's kinda kind of them saying we're a little scared of this game. Because I think if they were the a real like fifth ranked squad, I think it'd be like a fifteen point Yep. Unfortunately, I think we're losing Cameron a little bit, but the overall point that Cameron was uh, making is is very true. And hold on, I think we I think we got Cameron back here real quick. You there, Cameron? Nope. All right. So we're gonna keep going here real quick to finish up the show. Is one of the things that Vegas has held pretty consistently this year, and they they even showed it in the in the last game against UMass with the way the line was set up. They made AM a 33 and a half point favorite against the UMass team uh, in a game where they hadn't scored 30 points all year. And what Vegas believes clearly in the talent that's on this AM squad, knowing that on any given day that they go out there on the field, that if they play up to their capabilities, they can play with anybody. And so that's what this 10 point line tells me. The over under is 48. So they're, they're, they're saying the game's going to wind up somewhere in the neighborhood of 29 to 19. So I think it'll be a competitive game. I don't think AM finds a way to win, but we'll get into those protect that we'll get into those projections and things like that um, over the course of the rest of the week. We thank our friends at Bet Online for providing their lines. I thank Cameron for joining me uh, today for the show. Uh, you can find Cameron on Twitter at Cameron Honesty. That's O-H-N-Y-S-T-Y on Twitter. You can find me on Twitter at Joey Ikes. Follow the show on Twitter at Locked on Aggies. Um, you can find us on YouTube at Locked on Aggies there as well. And please uh, make sure that you go check out Locked on Sports today for your next listen. The biggest stories of the day, instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks so much, guys. We will see you next time.